0: D. Marvel, DC, Marble DC, 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 Marble Marble Marvel. 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 New no. image or Dark Horse? word. That's disgusting. Hello. That's disgusting. Hello. Hey everybody,
1: welcome to the Geek Chat. And welcome to the Geek Chat. And welcome to the Geek Chat. The Geek Chat. Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Geek Chat. I'm Desmond. I'm Rich. And we're your hosts for this roughly hour-long delve into comic book goodness. It's a podcast in which uh, the two of us, resident geeks, talk about uh, comic books, review the comic books that we've read and enjoyed or not enjoyed within the past week. Um, How does that sound for an opening? Is it better? It's great. We got to get right into it. We got a lot of books. We actually do have a lot of books, (laughs) and um, this podcast is always posted on Tuesdays on uh this on soundcloud and uh, you can go and take a look at all of all of our other stuff we have over 145 this will be our 146th uh, episode so we have a ton of stuff our sixth season so please please if you want to uh catch up on any stuff that we've read before or what you what we have or read let us know that's right awesome so rich uh let's get into these fantastic books we honestly have a ton it was a big banner week for uh for
0: independence, We have a lot of indies. We got six number ones to go through. And half, more
1: than half of them are independents. Right. I well, think all of them no, are all, are.
0: all but uh, Justice League of America.
1: Yeah, everything. Yeah, we have five independents. That's so many. So a we're going to
0: of. start off with a book from IDW called Starstruck. And this is, uh, there's been different Starstrucks. And this one is Old Prolders Never Die. Written by Elaine Lee. Artwork by Michael Kaluta. Colors by Lee Moyer. Letters by Todd Klein. Edits by Scott Dunbier. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, We're going to
0: start off, I don't know why I picked this to start off with, I think to get it out of the way.
1: Um, Yeah, I've, I've read a couple of... The Starstruck? Yeah, I have a couple at Were home. Were you starstruck and I, and I read, by them? Well, well, when you know a little bit about the history, it's kind of funny. I guess this was started, uh, was supposed to be a a musical, not a musical, a play or something, or a musical or something to that effect that was on the stage. And they decided, you know, with the costume designs and everything, they decided to make it into a comic book. And this comic book has just kind of like slowly moved forward and moved forward and moved forward from years. I think it started in the 70s or early 80s or something. So it's been around for a very, very long time, I think. So
0: Well, a new number one came out. We're like, okay, let's take a look at it. They I will first, I want to say first, I like, the artist Michael Kaluda is a great, great artist. It's a little different, though. Oh yeah, his artwork in this. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little different. It, it, it has changed,
1: but, but like everything, change is inevitable. So you know, I, I think some of it is really still, still crisp and clean, but some of it, it's really kind of showing its age as well. Um,
0: what did you think? Uh, a lot of words. Yes. This was a very wordy comic book. Because, like I said, just because it has a number one on the cover doesn't mean that there's not already a backstory. Yep. And if you have no idea what the story is, within the first couple of pages, they do try to really... Well, I, I feel through the whole book. They really do try to fill you in on what happened. And in the back of it, there's a character guide, which yep. I, I didn't read. I read most of it, um, actually, because I had pictures did <laughs> i find it interesting like he draws a very sexy man but the men in this book have no penises because they're robots all of them yeah well well he has a penis you just don't see it that's why it's uh, no kind of he doesn't have a penis when he does the threesome there's oh, no yeah. penis oh, yeah no one has penis in this uh the story was a little confusing i kept going back to i was like Did I miss something? And I'd go back a couple pages. I think this book, and I don't, as a retailer and as a fan, I love single issues. But I think there's some things that would work well. I think if they just collected this whole thing and put it out so that you could read the different graphic novels, I think that would work. For me, I'm not or saying... re-release
1: this, or or, or somebody re-release the old books because because I mean I found I found most of my books my old my old uh, copies of those of these books I found them at like you know Art of Arc Books here in the city and or or uh, at comic conventions so like a lot of
0: people aren't carrying this stuff you know I'm glad IDW is doing it and I'm really glad that this is here um, I just think for a number one how we review them on the podcast. For me, it didn't work. In fact, I'll be honest, I stopped reading it halfway through and I looked at the pretty pictures. The story made, it was just, it was too much. We talk about new readers coming into Marvel and DC and entry points and whether, you know, new readers, if you've never read a comic, if you can just pick up a Spider-Man or an X-Men. And I want to say yes. I think in most parts, when people come into the store and they're like, I've never read X-Men, but I want to start with the X-Men. We'll give you places to start. You know, we always suggest Grant Morrison's run, uh, Joss Whedon's run, House of M is a great place to start because that's really where Mm. the mutants all broke down. And there's always, it's up to you if you want to go back and read the older stuff, or there's always Wikipedia. So for me, this book is one of those things where... I couldn't just give it to a new customer because I think they'd be really confused. Well yeah, you'd
1: have to do a lot of research. I mean, it's a it is a niche property. And that's not a bad thing. Again, no. this is not a bad thing, you know, and I'm glad that, that, that it is that it is back in um it's back around with the new story. It's just, wow, you know.
0: So for me the art Excuse bless me. you. The art hit it. The colors are beautiful. Um, I was just I found the story to be a little overwhelming for me.
1: Yeah. I think it will read much better as a trade when it's completed, you know, because I think because I think this first issue had to get a lot of people up to speed and, and uh begin a new narrative. And so I think yeah. that's the thing, you know.
0: Maybe, maybe, maybe by I think the it time two will be different. four issues are together, you know, the story or however many long it's gonna be. Maybe reading it as a whole will fill in more mm-hmm. as the story's told. But so Starstruck, if you're looking for something new, um and you know the story and history. Definitely yeah. pick it up. If not, do some research before you pick it up. So that, I'm interested to hear what you say about this, our next book. Okay. Because I know you like these type of books. So, Darkness Visible. <laughs> Again, from IDW. What an interesting name for, for a comic. Darkness Visible. Um, it is written by Mike Carey, who I loved when he did his Marvel work. And Aravind Ethan Davis. David, I'm sorry. There's a D there. Art by Brendan Cahill, colors by Iona LaFluente, letters by Sean Lee. The writing is very, look at that, they're spaced so far apart. It's it's bad. It's very hard to read. So right now off the bat, um, whoever did the inside cover, failed. (laughs) <laughs> okay Probably so,
1: production or lettering
0: I just want to say The sub cover Which is the cover I have Is a beautiful Almost painted piece By Dave Kendall Yeah it really
1: beguiles, beguiles What's really going on and Because it, the, the artwork is not like that in the comic I wish it was I was expecting a lot more Darker themed book Than what we got consider Considering what we got on the cover Like I really was like Huh. Like, I, I was very much, this is different because the artwork inside is a lot more traditional comic book, you know, superhero type stuff.
0: Uh, I want I want traditional indie, a lot of it. Mm. Now, the art on the inside has some great visuals scattered throughout, but isn't consistent the rest of the way through. Um, and that's not a bad thing but when you see the cover and you know what the story is about total jarring yeah. total jarring so what did you think of it before i tell you what i thought
1: okay so the first, the story is roughly about a, a, a in this world the demons can come in to and they can. I guess it's almost like a drug or something. And demons can. Pos- you can allow demons to possess you. And you can is, allow them. Yeah, yes. you can allow demons to possess you, and it is and it is okay. And people become beautiful, and they and they and they look great, and or well, not all of them look great, but they're. It gives them sense of power and longevity at least that's what how it was described in the book and if they stay too long they will beat you down and then you will they will basically push out your your soul so to speak and then you'll become you know they'll become you and you like lose your soul and there is a police detective who is you know part of a thing called cyclops and they are yeah and he is (laughs) devouted against it devoutly against it uh, and doesn't want against to. the the people, demons coming. Yeah, in. the demons being possessed, but it is not illegal, and people can do it. But he's part of a, t- a crime task force to like watch these people. And then, of course, you know, demon possessed people. You know, and they look sort of like demons. Some are more ghastly than others. Um, you know what I thought when I saw to, them? What? Buffy.
0: They look yeah. like they yeah. look like the demons from yeah. the Buffy and Angel verse. Yeah,
1: you're you're 100 right. They look exactly like uh, demons from the Buffy. Reverse. And I was like, okay, and then, so, and he, okay, number one, this guy gets a fail as a parent, because he literally, like, he should be brought up on child endangerment uh, charges because... So he's a single dad single to dad a little girl. And he is with the little girl, and he gets, he picks her up from a play or school or something, and, or in a, a match, I can't remember what it was, and, and he gets a call, and he goes immediately to the crime scene with his daughter. And I'm like, okay, allowing her to do the siren, which she loved.
0: And I was like, okay. And then he tells his child stay in the car.
1: Yeah, stay in the car. Whoever listens, stay in the car. Stay in the car. So you know, battle ensues. They fight. Dad uh, gets shot. The dad gets shot, and then uh, they they catch one of the perps, and like they're in the back of the ambulance, but the daughter is in the back of the ambulance with the father, who's like been shot, and the and the perp. I guess the perp comes comes. Uh, wakes up or something and then there's like gunshots in the ambulance and then they crash and then they go over the the, the kid, little girl hits her head and then they, they fall into the river and the little girl's like, ah, and then the guy is like dead. The guy's dead and he's in the morgue. But he wakes up after he has been... Cut open. Cut open. And so, of course, he's, he... wants his daughter. Yeah, of course, he is allowed, most likely allowed the demon to infest his body or possess his body. That way he can find his daughter. I mean, that is literally the crux of the story. And I'm like, okay, you know. Okay, I get it. This is where we're going. It just... I don't know how plausible the scenario is, though. Like, really, think about it. Like, I was like... Really, this is what's going on? Like, you're, you're. Why would you bring your daughter? I don't know. It is. I found it very hard to, to be okay with with the setup. I don't know. I don't know.
0: What did you think about it? I actually, yes. I mean, it is a little far fetched that he brought his daughter to work, and she goes through the police line up to the crime scene. Oh my God! Where yes. Where her dad was shot and is Ugh. laying there with the the nurse lady, and. You know, I was just like, "Wow!" Then the daughter's allowed in the ambulance, even though you. The, 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 this the, is even
1: stuff. though they're transporting a dangerous suspect. Correct.
0: So you need to get past all that. I really am interested in the woman with the demon mouth in her hoo ha area.
1: Yeah, I don't know what's going on with her. Yeah, her like she her. The like visual her, is amazing. Yeah, her she has a giant demon mouth. And I think they took it. They took it from, um, if you ever watched uh, Frankenhooker, that's kind of that's where it what came they from. That's where it came from.
0: Sheetar. So I liked a lot of the ideas. I did like Buffy and Angel, and I feel like this could be put in that kind of universe. Um, for me, I just couldn't take it seriously. That's it. it <laughs> I just couldn't so take it seriously. Between the cartoony art with these demons. And the daughter being everywhere she's not supposed to be. it It is very, you know, it is far-fetched. I, yeah, I was just... That I, said, <laughs> I like Mike Carey, and I will, I'm going to check the well, second issue but, out. But then I kind of
1: thought about it, and I'm like, you know, if, if this is a world in which people allow themselves to be possessed, I
0: guess the laws are fairly lenient on, right, so on just, child endangerment. Just, yeah, who cares? <laughs>
1: So i was just like, okay, sure. I don't know. I, I did like I how know. she
0: cut him open and he and he he lives. And we like his eyes said, are all weird though. We knew what happened. We we know that that one demon probably did. Yeah, his his eyes are all weird though. And then the co- the cover for next issue. There's this blonde woman. I'm like, what the hell? With a big like demon behind, behind her. her. So I don't know. I I I liked it, but you had to. I do wish the inside was like the cover because the cover is just very dark and gritty. And I I think had this had a different art style, I think it would have worked better.
1: Oh, yeah. Most definitely. A much darker art style. Um, Because it's very bright.
0: You notice that? The colors are very
1: bright. Like, it just... It's not not menacing enough. You know? But I don't know. Who knows? We might see it on... I'm going to try the second issue. We we might see it on, you know, sci-fi or something. Who knows? (laughs) We might. Um, so now we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to go into our um, Inhumans X- versus X Men, and is it a is it a uh, is it a is it a tie in or oh not? Oh my God!
0: So um, we've got the
1: regular issue number five that we're going to talk about, and then we're going to talk about the, the one tie in that came out, which was Extraordinary X Men number nineteen, and this is uh, un- <laughs> Inhumans versus X Men number five. One left. One March. March.
0: I want to say eighth, maybe.
1: I have to say, as far as this goes, you can correct me if I'm wrong. There's been no delays, right? There's been no delays. I think maybe that's why, because we're, I guess, Francis well, Liu is like not happening anymore. Exactly. Like Dong. he drew,
0: no, he's drawing the last issue. Oh. So he drew like the first issue, and like the last issue. And they're
1: like, "Look, we got to get this shit out." And I'm glad. Thank you, Marvel, for doing that at least. And and actually, his artwork in this one was the the new the new the new person's artwork is actually pretty good. Uh, Writer is Charles Sewell. uh, And Jeff... Lemire. Lemire. Artist was Xavier Garon. Uh, Colorist was David Curiel. Letters was by VCs Clayton Cowles. And the cover artist was by Lynn Francis Yu. So he can do covers. That's good. Um, (laughs) So we have a lot of fighting going on in this book. There's a lot of fighting books. A lot of fighting. So we have Phantom X... Versus Karnak, Karnak and Jean Grey, though.
0: Please come on, that's not, You might even mention
1: her. He, I mean, Karnak whooped ass on these people. I was very. I mean, I was. Were you happy? Of, I wanted a little bit more from Phantom X. Like I, he didn't use his misdirection at all. Nope. It was just straight up a straight up like fist fight, and I'm like, that's kind of annoying. Like Phantom X is supposed to be better now. in in the chat, um, sorry, when you when you go when you listen to this and on the comments, please. Let me know if I'm if I'm wrong and he does not have his misdirection powers anymore because oh he does that's I figured he did so he used him in one of the other issues exactly so it's like I'm annoyed that that he wasn't able to do do more mind tricks with him but whatever uh, it is what it is um, after that we have Colossus versus Gorgon I was like okay I was I was upset that it, it took this long. It took this long in order for him to actually beat Gorgon. Like, the whole time it took him, you know, to beat Gorgon. So I was kind of annoyed by that. And and how did they find the school so fast? I mean, did they – I guess Johnny is – no, 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 the, the, the seer guy. I think the seer guy knew something or whatever. I don't know. And they kept Black Bolt there. And then, and then you know, Havoc was going to do some bullshit about killing, killing his uh, – killing Black Bolt. But then he, he wussed out, I don't know, just, and then Lockjaw didn't, I don't know. It was just really weird. And then, the, but the piece de resistance, the piece de resistance that really, like, kind of, like, wedges me and makes me feel kind of crappy is the fact that Forge woke up. Oh, my God. Forge woke up and is working with the munes now to do, to, to create what I said they were going to do.
0: That they could have done? Like, a couple months ago.
1: But, yes, they, they are creating a, a machine to break it down into, like, the crystal. Ba- basically make it into crystals again. Thanks, crystals. And I'm just like, whatever. And then, you know, uh, Moon Girl is, like, making it smaller because she's super smart. And I think that was really kind of a cute little thing, you know, that you can always learn from, from the next generation. Well, she's going to be a new secret warrior, so. Which is fine. I think that's great you know i really wish he was a champion though but whatever uh, and then yeah so the inhumans so now we have three different battles going on we have the splinter group we have the splinter group that consists of forge and the the younger or new humans or new mm. Inhumans or new, new humans. humans you know who want to save everybody then we have the x-men that are like nope you know we gotta destroy it then we have the inhumans that are like nope we gotta save it. Mm-hmm. So it's this weird kind of like battle on three front fronts, and I don't think I don't know who's gonna win. On that aspect, I'm a little kind of cool about it. I'm like, okay, I want to see what happens with with how it with how it plays out. And I'm glad there's only one issue left, but uh, I don't. What what was up with Magneto trying to kill them all? You know, what was up with that? Oh, the end? Um, yeah, with Magneto dropping a black word on them, that even on kinda, his own people. Yeah, Magneto's just like fuck everybody. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Well, I think Mag- I think I think Magneto because if you look at the cover for issue six, it's uh it's Madeline, uh, sorry, it's uh, Emma Frost. So I think her and Magneto basically have a thing where, by any means necessary, you know, it gets destroyed, and if we have to kill our own people to save our people, that's fine. And I think that's I think that's what we're gonna see. We're going to see that in the next issue is is the master stroke between these two in order to do whatever it needs... To, again, whatever needs to happen to destroy the, the Terrigen Mist, to save the Mutant race. So on that aspect, that was kind of cool. I was like, Magneto, all right. You no, know, He's doing his thing. He's like, yeah. Although, I don't understand how the blue team is going to happen, uh, X-Men Blue, because he's going to be training the X-Men that he just tried to kill. And I'm like, okay, so...
0: That's why I think this is gonna be just a thing where he's doing it to get their attention. So, what did you think? Um, well, oh, real quick before you before you say anything, and
1: how are they going to build this thing so quickly? You know, because this is the the fifth issue is supposed to be the last issue, and they four no, six issues. Yeah, this the next issue is the last issue. Yes. So, how are they gonna like? Are they magically going to stop time and then? And then, you know, make this machine that's supposed to save everybody? Like, I, I'm kind of confused as to how this is going to happen. I don't know. just it seems like a lot of people didn't know what the fuck they were doing. And they're just like, we're just going to fuck it all up. Yeah, everybody kick ass! Meow!
0: You know? So what'd you think? I don't like Mosaic. I think he is too... He, his powers are just too... Like, why did he go into Storm and then say, oh, nice. And they never once... I mean, it's the second to last page, but... I hope we see something like, why is he in her body? Well, what was the I'm assuming the purpose? she's going to
1: use his powers. Use her um, powers.
0: I do like, and I was wrong. I admit I was wrong. It looks like Scott will be in the champions while being in X-Men Blue. Oh, I knew that. Come on. Wolverine can do it. But I knows. loved how Kamala says, stop it, lady. He's a champion. I was like, that's pretty cool. That's yeah. well, That's good in in world building. Yes. In showing that this is mm-hmm. still happening continuity uh, world building. I agree.
1: I... Uh, this is... I have to say, this has been much better than uh, Civil War 2, though. I will definitely say
0: that. 100%. For what it is, I'll agree. You know... It's not the book I would have written.
1: Well, so <laughs> well because smart money is on. We wouldn't have had it gone this far anyway. They would have... forged, would have made a thing and something. turned it into crystals and had been done already. I mean, like, there's... The the reason why they went to war is so flimsy. Like so yes. flimsy. And it was just like, okay, we needed a we needed to manifest some kind of a conflict to make these heroes fight each other. And it was just like, okay, you know, I, I just I, I didn't buy it. I, I you know what? I, I bought I buy that kid being in the ambulance with her dying father in the perp more than I buy this. Okay.
0: <laughs> you know? So extraordinary X Men has a big old banner IVX on the top. And it takes place towards the end of Inhumans versus X-Men 5 when the team is running up on the beach for the battle. That's when this happens. In the Philippines. Yes. Cuz that's where everything is happening. Philippines. The problem being, oh no, it's in the it's the very center. So, the very center, go to the very center of your book and you see the team coming. That's when this happens. Uh, only you don't see Iliana anywhere here right now. And you see Iceman, Colossus, Logan, Storm, Sabretooth. Okay. When you look at this, you see who's there and things make sense in IVX. In IVX, Peter Colossus is beating up on Car- or on uh, Gorgon, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. In Iceland, which is where this is not Philippines. Iceland. Okay, so that's where the,
1: yeah, that's where they um, that's where they the human
0: and human royal royal army or royals landed. So the visuals are different in the two books, and this was a huge. It's not a huge problem, but it also isn't very good on editors looking. Uh, so this is a, a new artist. I have not. I stopped reading this book. By the way, I stopped reading Extraordinary X Men. A long time ago, because it there's nothing to this book that even uh, interests me. So in this, there's maybe four, five pages of the X-Men fighting the Inhumans. Maybe a little more. The whole thing for this book brings us to Ilyana and that Sapna girl who tried to take over. I don't know, I didn't read it. The gist of it is, Magic killed her, and now she's living in the soul sword. So this issue is about that little girl wanting Ileana to come in and be with her. And she's like, but we're in the middle of a battle. She's like, I don't care. She's like, no, I really need to do this. And then like everything starts shaking around them. And she's like, look, I really need to go help them. I really need to go. And Crystal actually is the one that's fighting her. You can't do this, Magic. We won't let you. And it's all about... Her uh, trying to take down the Inhumans, yet talk to this girl in her sword. And things just make no sense. Multi-tasking. Looked at
1: multitasking.
0: looked at me and he's like, have you read this yet? And I'm like, I don't read it. People show up in this book on the battle that shouldn't even be there. Like, they weren't in the original that happens. And the uh. art is so wonky in this uh, this this is my ivx moment if you're a fan and you've been reading extraordinary x-men it continues the story if you think it's going to tie in it's not it has nothing to do with the story except it, with the fighting
1: it, but even then it's like very loosely very fighting loosely. Okay.
0: and in the very first panel Ileana's nipple should be hanging out of that outfit
1: no, it, it wraps around the bottom. Mm-hmm. We've seen Jean Grey and, not Jean Grey, uh, Emma, Emma Frost, Frost has had tons and tons of gravity-defying
0: gustiers. Yes. And the so, come on. The other thing I have a problem with is flying heroes that shouldn't be flying. I, as a fan. She's jumping. Sabertooth. He's jumping. Wolverine. Maybe no well, storm's there. Maybe storm is using an updraft. Uh huh. Do you need Emma Frost is like? Do no. you need? Do you need like wind coming it up at you? Just made no sense. It made no sense because when you look at the when you look at the. I'm fine with that because storm you, is there. No. If storm wasn't there, I'd be like okay. But when you look at the page here, you see people running on land. Yes. I don't like that because storm is like bringing them up in the air. No. Storm is that powerful. So I did not care much for this book. But it's,
1: it's within her power set to do that. She uh-huh. can make people fly.
0: Mm-hmm everyone you know. had beans before they went to the battle.
1: I mean, this is not this, this is not, you know, the movie version of her where she'd only fly in the last the last movie and do weird tornado things. No, this is the real Storm that can actually fly fly. <laughs> fly fly. <laughs> fly fly.
0: So, for me, fly. I am very happy IVX will be ending in one issue. I want to get to the prime, I want to get to the gold. I want this chapter in the X-Men's life behind them.
1: Well, speaking of a event that ended, and I feel on a great note, uh, was uh, Dead No More, The Clone Conspiracy. It came out last week, uh, two, weeks weeks two weeks ago, but we didn't talk about it. Because uh, Amazing
0: Spider-Man 24 came in last week. Yes, and it really... <laughs> okay, so we're
1: going to talk about both of them because this is it. Was a, Amazing Spider-Man 24 was a tie-in to the end of Clone Conspiracy, which was amazing. See, now this is how you do a an event right. And I think the reason why it was done right is because Dan Slott wrote
0: it. And it's been building organically over two years worth, three yep. years worth of stories. Well, actually, the way it's the clone, it's been decades worth.
1: That is a great... But Dan Slott is a fantastic writer in that he was able to take one of the, you know, universally panned storylines of Spider-Man and actually, for my in my opinion, make it really, really good and really... Uh, rectify and rectify and strengthen things that came out of the original Clone Wars. Um, so, Amazing Spider-Man, uh, Dead No More: The Clone Conspiracy it was written by Dan Slott, uh, penciler was uh, Jim Chung, inkers was John Dell, Jay Liston, and Jim Chung. Color artist was Justin Ponsor, and letterer was Joe VC's Joe Kaminaga.
0: Caram- sorry. Uh, fantastic. Um, Oh okay. And Amazing Spider-Man because we're going to be talking about this as well. Number 24 was Dan Slott and Christos Gage writing. Giuseppe Camicoli was the penciler. Cam Smith did the inking. Jason Keith was the colorist and VCs Joe Caramanga did the lettering.
1: All right. So we're going to start off with the the Con final conspiracy fourth, because you're conspiracy. supposed to read that first. Yes. And What happened? Basically what yeah. happens is at the end of the fourth fourth the no, number 4 um they were all dying. Kane was. Uh, Kane had warned them that every reality went to where this clone stuff happened. They became the the, the clone started to de- uh, uh, decompose, and then they became carriers, which was which would infect non um, non clone people, and then make them zombies and all sort of stuff. Well, there was a frequency that 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 they were able to work out to save that, and that's that's what I loved about it was was Peter Parker was needed. Not Spider-Man. You know, Peter Parker was needed in order to help save the world. And I love that. And Dr. Octopus, um, Dr. Octopus sacrificed himself uh, to save the woman that he loved by fighting uh, the Jackal A Riley. woman that does not want him. Well, I don't know. I mean, she, it's such a weird, it's such a weird romance, you know? You know, now that he's dead, it's just like, I really want to see more of that. Like, I want to see them you know uh be together like i would have liked to have seen because when she knew him it was when he was in peter parker's body and when she finally got to see him well i think she already knew what he was supposed to really be but you know she was like i don't know you know you're a villain what i don't know if i can
0: like you you know
1: I don't know. I really enjoyed that. I lo- Villains
0: are allowed to love as well.
1: They are. They are. We got to see a whole, a really tender moment between Kurt Connors and his family. Like uh, he didn't fight anybody. He was just trying so hard to like stop keep it. his family alone. Yeah, and then the 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 Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy moment when she when she died. Gwen and her dad. Yeah, Gwen and her dad, and the dad realizing that he was on the wrong the wrong side. Uh, um, J Jonah Jameson and his wife. It's just like a, it was just a really sad issue um and but again peter parker saved the day and when gwen stacy saw the other gwen mm-hmm. and was like oh you didn't tell me she had powers yeah and he's like well yeah <laughs> you didn't need to know yeah and just in the how she sacrificed herself to stop to keep the villains from attacking spider-man just you know all of it i thought was just really it moved it it had heart it it just made sense and then at the end we get to see that that they actually kept the people that were that were dying and they and they were able to to basically, I don't want to say clone them. I thought they really just kind of well, maybe they did clone them, but but they were able to fix them. So so that even though the Prowler, the clone copy of the Prowler died, the second one actually lived. And then the original guy that started the whole thing off, the guy who Peter Parker, yeah, who Peter Parker kind of used in order to uh, to test to see if this new you thing was okay, uh, he lived as well. I mean, it was just a really nice bow on the end. It was contained it made sense within the, within the continuity and the narrative that Dan Slott was writing. It didn't, it wasn't over. For my opinion, it wasn't overblown. It, it wasn't super grandiose. And the fact like Marvel, uh, X-Men versus, um, in humans is, I don't know. This event was much more somber and it's in its presentation, everything that happened, even the, even the, um, the, uh, the tie-ins, you know, that's what I want to talk about. We're, were good. Oh, I loved it, And then, and then, and then, when Peter Parker, sorry, when Spider Man saw that, you know, Doctor Octopus and the Jackal, Ben Riley, you know, clone was dead, and he was like, "Oh wow," you know. I was like, "Wow!" Like they, I thought it was a great thing. Like they killed them; they were gone. You know, perfect ending, in, in my
0: opinion. So, what do you think well, about it? Well, we've been doing the the IVX, you know, the see if it's worth it or whatever we whatever. When it comes to tie-ins, I feel like the tie-ins should fill out the spaces in the main book, the, the smaller stories, or fill in between the panels. And I think for The Amazing Spider-Man tie-ins, they have done that. Every single issue is is enhancing the story, whereas The Uncanny in Humans... Uh, this week's external or last week's Extraordinary X-Men, it's not enhancing the story in no, any way. Not at all. And for me, what I've loved is that people that didn't want to read the main or the, the Clone Conspiracy five issues still got some of the story in Just Amazing Spider-Man. And I think for me, I enjoyed it because Clone Conspiracy came out two weeks ago. Last week, we have, uh, we have Amazing Spider-Man. And lo and behold, in Amazing Spider-Man are the answers to what you saw in Clone Conspiracy, which made you flip your mind when you said, oh, they're dead. And then you learn the real story. Yep. You learn behind the scenes and in between the panels. And I think that is when a tie-in does its job. Yep. When a tie-in shows you, guess what? During the battle... During the battle between Doctor Octopus and
1: and Ben Riley. Neither died. Neither died. And I was so excited. Spoilers. Yeah, Doctor Octopus like Ben Riley was going to put himself into a computer. He was gonna store his brain like like Doctor Octopus did when he was in the robot. Doctor Octopus sabotaged it,
0: and he already knew he was going to do yeah, that because he, he's
1: a you know he he knew he was going to do that. and He's smarter than him, and I love that. I love the way he writes. Don, Dan Slott writes Doctor Octopus. Because Doctor Octopus is such an asshole, mm-hmm. and he's so condescending. Yet you know he's always beaten. And, so in, and Peter Parker knew, and Peter Parker knew that Doctor Octopus was going to you do know. This. No, and, and he was going to work with Peter, with Peter Parker in order to save everybody. Like yep. he knew he was going to do that.
0: So in between the panels, Doc Ock again fakes his death so that Ben Riley does thinks he's dead. Ben Riley then uh, goes takes a bunch of pills, the pills to keep you alive, and he goes to a safe house. Well he he, he he gets someone that has
1: one of the uh, signals. Yes. And he uses it to, to cure his cells. So that's how yeah. he was able to stay alive.
0: So he goes to the safe house, what he thinks is a safe house, and there is Miles Warren. Yep. The jackal the last, on his jackal outfit. Yeah, the last jackal, because earlier in the book we get to
1: see that the last the last uh, the last jackal or or
0: Miles was, was able to uh, He's the real. Yeah, he's the real one. And if you look at that, this is what I love about. This is why visual comic books. I love it. So you see, the mask of the jackal in the background. You see the mask of the jackal, and then he takes his rightful place. Yep. And then they Just have a, the little. And the they little have things. The, the
1: two. The two jackals have an epic battle, which I thought was amazing. And he was like, you know, you're all failed because this is and this is it. I mean, this is Ben Riley finally get his getting his revenge. You know, on the Jackal, all those all those many years ago, after the clone, the, the 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 Clone Wars, from decades ago, decades ago, and I thought that was really clever. Like, I really enjoyed it, and then you know, fucking Ben Riley kills him, burns his ass up, and I was like, yes. And then he goes on to star in his new series. Yeah. I don't know. I just really enjoy. It. I love Spider Man. I love love love. Dan Slott's writing, I love, I love his, I love his Spider-Man. His Spider-Man is, is his run has been amazing, and I'm going to weep,
0: weep like a baby when he leaves. Uh, let's not jinx that. No. I don't want him to leave for a while, but no. I really do think I agree with you. I think Clone Conspiracy has been one of the greatest little mini events. It went through three books, people, three books plus the main Clone Conspiracy. Yeah. That was a tight, tight little crossover, and. Yeah, when it comes out in trade, I recommend yeah, it. Even the Prowler, even the Prowler stuff was good. I'm like, ugh, just really It did make me sad that Maddie's dead. I loved Maddie, but at least I got to see her for three issues. That's true. It's true. Then we're gonna
1: switch gears and go go back to number ones and uh we're gonna take a look at uh the Justice League of America. Oops. You notice that? Yeah, that's of. You notice that they added the of, little of They little added the a of Tiny Little Love. Because it's it's not Justice League America, it's
0: Justice League of America. So, Justice League of America, and they even put it there. The extremists. Extremists, excuse Ooh, me. I know you were creaming part in your one. jeans. Steve Orlando was the writer. Ivan Reese was the penciler. Joe Prado. A Claire Albert and Julio Ferreira were the inkers. Marcelo Mialo was the colorist. And Clayton Cowles did the lettering. All right. So Steve Orlando is definitely a 90s kid. Yes, he is, and I'm glad
1: he is. I loved it. This read like a 90s comic. It so did. A 90s DC comic. And that's not a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. It is not a bad thing, people.
0: So the difference, I think, between this book and half the books we, the number ones, the DC number ones that we review, something fucking happened in this book. Not just in the first couple pages. The whole book was exactly what I want from the main Justice book. The main Justice League book. Yeah,
1: they hit the I want something
0: running. to happen. Yep. So, we get the team. Teams coming together. Team fights the '90s group. Loved it. But what? What else did you think? What
1: else did you think about it? Like what? Nothing. I loved it. What would you think about the the what what? Uh,
0: so, what, what would you like to know? Well, like. I think in this one, not killer. Book, I mean, Frost. We get. I love she's not Killer Frost anymore. She's just Frost,
1: and and uh, and uh, the Adam and her were trying to like work together, and and like he didn't. And he like she's like, I'm a scientist. You know, stop being a scientist. I just stop being a scientist.
0: Like that's what I mean. Already one issue in, and we've got character progression. We actually have growth to some of these characters. Um, I loved. So you know, I love stuff like the Trouble Alert. Loved oh it God. when they said trouble alert. I was like, ah, give me a tissue." Um,
1: it was good. It was it was good. Like I was like, "Okay." Um, they were all fighting individual things, and then they came together. They came together because big baddies came out of the woodwork, and that that double spread, great double spread in the center with like the whole team there ready to go. I and was,
0: Ivan Reese is. Killing perfect. Yeah. Perfect. The coloring is perfect on this book. I have no complaints about this issue, and I know a lot of. I know a couple people that didn't like it, and that's fine. What do they this, think about it? Just it wasn't for them. This is this is exactly what I want. I want bad guys fighting good guys. I want Batman. He sacrificed himself. Well, we know he's not going to die, but he did it for the team. Adam and and Lobo and. You know, once again, uh, Ryan says Lobo is the one who, the only one who wanted me to do this. And I like his new costume. Yeah, good, great new costume. It's like a battle suit almost. It's sort of, it's sort
1: of reminiscent of Ray Palmer's from the TV show. Yeah, which I'm fine with. I'm totally fine with that. You know, the, it, because he's not a, he's not a combatant. You know, Ryan Choi is not, he is not a combatant. He he does not know how to fight. He just he, he uses his smarts, and that's what I like about him. And he, and he was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but maybe I can get into his armor. I mean, rookie rookie mistake. You know, you don't ever try to infiltrate someone's armor. You
0: know, go on. Right. Uh, Lord Havoc wants to to help the Earth. He wants to conquer the Earth so we can save the Earth. It's one of those kind of weird, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that, you know, greater good kind of thing. And I do... But they, don't get me wrong, they're villains. I mean, come on, these are...
0: These they're, are they're villains. They're are villains. I mean, they're killing people. Maybe we need to slay more people to get our point across. I mean, that's really not a hero. No. So, I've, one of the things that, that really got me was when Gotham said, the trouble alert is live. There's a situation. When Gotham said? No, when Batman. They were in Gotham. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, was, so, I was like, Gotham's alive. No. So, one of the best things was them arguing. And it's like, look... You're going to be, we're going to do this. Like it or not, prepare to be teleported. We're going to do this. Well, yeah, because they're not, like, this
1: is their trial by fire. And I liked it. And I really hope that we get a little bit more. Because remember, we've never seen them, like, train or anything as a team. Mm-mm. You know? And I know that it's really kind of weird because Batman is generally the one that's always, like, you know, train, 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 train. But, but, what's kind of counterproductive to to, to his character, but I, I like, I like that he's just, like, this is my team. I'm going to handle it the way I want. This is what's going on. And
0: you're going to do it. And you're going to do it. And you're going to do it. Even you, Lobo, you're going to do it. Yep. I don't know. We talk about a lot of comics and what we want. And was it last episode or a couple episodes ago, we talked about Justice League. And I just feel like this is the excitement. This is what I want from a Justice League. Might not be the characters everyone likes. Yeah. It's a it's a quality artist, quality writer, and you're getting quality
1: stuff. It's amazing. I loved it. Great book. Loved it. Um, next book we're going to talk about is, uh, Quantum Teens Are Go, which is awesome. (laughs) I love that name. And it is by, um, why don't you read it? Okay, fine. (laughs) Magdalena, Magdalena Visaggio and Erica Donovan. Um, or the creators. Um, and it looks like um, the writer was uh, Magdalena Visaggio, and the pencils and ink were by Erica Donovan, colors was by uh, Claudia Aguirre, and the letters was by Zach Sam. Um, and it's by, it's from Black, Black Mass Man. Studios, and it's a number one. You guys should definitely, definitely pick it up. Um, what did you think of it, Rich? So.
0: A lot of teen angst going on. Oh my god! A lot of teen angst. It's oh fine. my god! We were back. We were back in high school, and uh, uh, the the story is about uh, a guy who is very intelligent. He's building a quantum. He started out building a time machine, and then decided they were going to build a quantum. What the hell did he call it? I, it, it was a lot of high concept stuff. So I was like, woo
1: <laughs> with, um, I don't know. I, it, it, yeah, super. And they, and I guess they're teenagers and they break into a, a high tech research laboratory to steal all this high tech research gadgets because they're going to, um, do high tech stuff <laughs> and there's robot dogs and robot stuff. And it's a love story, too. You know, uh, the two antagonists are, you know, they're in love and they're high schoolers, you know. A tachyon
0: actuator.
1: Yes. Uh, Oh, tachyon. So, yeah. So I want to know what's going to happen because the last page is them turning on the machine and... The last page
0: made me want to read the next issue. Yeah, and that's what a book should do, though. That's what I like about it. I was like reading like, and i was like oh my god science well, science because there's, science, there's science, a lot of science 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 and then well, there was a lot of build up like, too like there was a lot
1: of build up going on and i really i really like was like where is this going like i see robots i see you know even the cover has a robot super on it. super tech savvy kids or teens in high school
0: i don't know like i, I don't know i i will say the art is rather inconsistent throughout the book. Um, the foreshadowing of some people's bodies. Uh, overall, I, it's a good start. Yeah. It is a good start.
1: It's, I think it's a strong indie style, you know, and it's, I think it definitely will only get better in time. One of the things know. that
0: bugged me was when she was on her skateboard and where your knee bends, um, she's already been shown to have these long legs. It was. There were some panels that were a little off for me. Uh, coloring was great. They did uh, a good job of getting the characters across.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: And that you on the, the thing about a lot of indie books is uh, everyone sounds the same. Everyone has the same personality. Everyone has the same voice that when you're reading it. And here I feel like you definitely could get the difference between the people, except for at the end um The guy, I was like, "What the hell?" He's sitting on. He's the badass guy, the guy that is. He left the the main one. And I was like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. the Matthew Mahanik yeah, asshole." Yeah. yeah, I was just like, mm, "Okay, let's see what he brings." It. I don't trust him. Oh no. And I don't. I don't think he's there. And I think he was trying to see what these kids can do. Yeah, he's too slick. And whatever happens in that last page, we really don't know what happens. And I'm okay with that. Like, who are these hooded, not hooded, but masked, weird people? And
1: yeah, are they behind them? Is this is it? Are they beaming in because of the because now,
0: of the machine they started? This was supposed to be at one point a, a time traveling machine. Is that what happened? Uh, and what I kind don't. of and what kind of time traveling machine is it? You know, is it a is it a
1: Jules Verne one where it just goes in like it just goes in it goes in time but not in space? You know.
0: Did you read the uh, little previews of the book in the back? No, I did not. I generally don't. So there's nothing there. Is the art is very uh, uh, vertigo, early vertigo. Okay. Very early vertigo, and it's about orgies and um, time machines. It's. <laughs> it was. It's yeah, very odd. Lots of girls kissing. I curious about this book. Okay, it's in stores this spring. I don't know anything about it, but I like that that books like uh, they add previews to what's coming up. That's how I found out about the Dregs is because we read a Black Mask book, and or was it was it Black? Yeah, it had to it be was Black, Black Mask. Mask. I like that they put, and I wish other companies might do this. You put like a four or five page preview in the back of your book. That's going to get your attention because some people don't read online news stuff. They don't go no. to Newsarama. They don't go to comic book resources. So when you put it in the back of your book, it worked with the drugs and it's going to work with this. So another book from Black Mask. I'm telling you, uh, Black- Marvel and DC, they got to get their shit together. They because- got to watch out these independents
1: are creeping up. Yep. Black Mask is one to watch, you guys. Definitely check their stuff out. Really, really good. Um, Alright, everybody. So we reached the end of our show. Thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with us. I uh, want to give a special shout-out to our sponsors. First sponsor is Gene Gilmet over at rltpress.com. He is the artist that does all of those fantastic uh, pictures you see of Rich trying to kill me. I One of these finished. days. One of these days, he'll get this Rasly rabbit. Um, you check him out again at rltpress.com. You can also check him out at um, the line it is drawn. The line it is drawn. It is a, C- a comic book resources column. Also, if you're in the San Francisco area, you can come by whatever store and pick up a lot of his prints. Uh, they're, they're sold here, and they're amazing. So come, please come and check it out. I want to give a special thanks to our mistress of the mix Board, Terry Miller. She is the fantastic maestro who does all of the um, sounds that you hear in the, uh, uh, in the show. Also want to give a big thanks and
0: shout out to our major sponsor, Whatever Comics, located at 548 Castro Street in sunny San Francisco, located between 18th and 19th. Check us out on the web under Whatever Store Online and on Facebook under Whatever Store. Give us a like. Yes. <laughs> and again, if you ever want to get in contact with Rich or myself, you can
1: send us an email at the at TheGeekChat at gmail.com or you can come to Facebook and join our Facebook group, The Geek Chat. Go to the groups, uh, search for The Geek Chat, and join the fun. Uh, I'm Desmond. I'm Rich. And we'll see you later. Bye. Bye! Geek Chat. Geek Chat. Geek Chat.
0: geek